This podcast is sponsored by Baxi. Baxi manufacture high-efficiency boilers here in the UK and have done so for over 150 years. Their product training is extremely well-respected in the industry and their installer loyalty scheme, Baxi Works, is award-winning. For now, why don't you hit that subscribe button, but sit back and enjoy this podcast. I'm Steve, I'm the CEO of We Are Mentor, and today we're very privileged to be joined by Sally Gunnell. Hello, Sally, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Lovely to chat to you guys. Yeah, and you. I'm very privileged, as we say, I'm a very keen runner, and so is my household. Um, Excellent. 15 minute 5K runner, if you don't mind me saying. Oh my gosh, I'm very <laughs> impressed. Wow, you've been working at that. 15.02, so. <laughs> Brilliant. God, I bet you're missing them, aren't you, as well? Oh, I'm missing them, yeah. So, um, obviously, that's not why we've got you here today. We want to talk about <laughs> mental health. Mentalk is predominantly a men's mental health organization, but obviously, we know mental health. Really, for us, we just wanted your perception on what mental health means to you and how you see it. Yeah, I think it, it's a, an important part of who all of us are. Um, you know, I, I was um, affected by my mum had mental health illness when, when I was growing up. So um, I was around it a lot. I understood it to a certain degree but, and I found it quite scary as, as I was sort of like 15, 16. So I know how it can affect um, not just the individual but also the the family and people around you and um, you know I sometimes sort of think what my mum went through and what I sort of was exposed to at that sort of age was probably why I became a good runner. Uh, it made me grow up, it made me, it made me tough, it made me sort of understand people who I was and all those sorts of things really. So I think it's, it's always been part of my life um, and I think when I was was running you know it was an enormous part um you know I think there were so many amazing athletes that are out there in the world when I was standing on the line and some of them were you know stronger and faster and probably taking all sorts of things but I think the piece that got me to win those races was was the mental strength and um what a powerful tool it is and how um, how to learn to control it and to find the positives within it and I always sort of you know I do a lot of talks now and I always say you know it, it's not there's not many things in life that are, are free isn't it almost and it's just finding the tools to be able to help you yourself and uh, to be kind to yourself and you know to sort of log into it and and to use it almost that's what I say. I totally agree. There's a lot of stigmas in men's mental health. I think men are taught to man up, you know, there's those old yeah. sayings and stuff. And it's almost like we're programmed to, to think that way. But there's also those cliches, I think, where they say, well, women speak to each other. Women talk more. And I don't necessarily agree with that. Do you? Women communicate maybe slightly better at times, but. Yeah, I think it's about, I think it's fine. It's, it's ways of expressing yourself, isn't it? And ways of, you know, clocking into your mental health and what does that mean? I mean, I know for me personally, it is, you know, when I, when I do my exercise now, it's not about how fast I can run or, um, you know, how fit I can get. It is my mental strength. And I know that I'm a much nicer mum. I'm a much nicer person to be around if I've started off the day doing some form of exercise. And sometimes it is only literally a walk with a dog or it might be a few sit-ups because I haven't got time. But, you know, it's, it is so much part of 
clearing and I think it's it's finding ways isn't it to mm. to dig, dig into that and I'm sure for you isn't it it's those five k's that have really you know allowed you to to give you that sort of mental strength as well but I also do know that I go for a bike ride with you know one of my girlfriends and we have a right old moan and we get up on the downs on our mountain bikes and we talk about absolute rubbish and we have a moan about everything and I feel much better when I get back um yeah. and I wouldn't do that with everybody um but you know there is one friend that I have found and we do that and, and it's and I think in the last three months of um you know, of lockdown and things like that, that has, has sort of kept my sanity really in some ways. But I also know that if I've eaten rubbish, if I've, you know, drunk too much wine or whatever it may be, <laughs> then, you know, it, it's, I think it's all those sorts of things that I realised have such an effect on who we are as individuals. And, you know, and, and I think it is just about trying to relate some of those things around sleep and what we eat and exercise into you know how how we are as people and how much a difference that they make to us it makes such a huge difference i mean two years ago i tried to take my life um yeah. it was very close i'm glad i didn't succeed obviously yeah, yeah. but um somehow i just i've always i always enjoyed sport kind of fell out of love with it but when i started the running again it really like it did genuinely help me before yeah. I realised I could run quite fast, but it really did just help, you know, um, just to clear the mind and things like that. We try to promote that at Mentalk, but there's people that are still stuck. How would you say for people, you know, that are stuck and just are feeling that low? Yeah, I think it's really hard. And, you know, I've had people around me that have obviously tried to take their life and I know how hard it is and, and it is a and a mental illness and um, you do need help and all those sorts of things. But I think it's finding, you know, like you say, it's sometimes just finding something that, you know, you can relate to or you, you do enjoy or something. And, you know, for me and you, it is exercise. For other people, it might be something different and it might be that it's, uh, you know, painting or, you know, something creative. And I think sometimes it's about thinking back to what, what you enjoyed as a child and and you know what is it that you you know finding rather than always beating yourself up because I always think you know when I was running uh, I could have talked myself out of every race I could have told myself that I was rubbish and I wasn't as good as everybody and I did that for many many years um, and I think that the difference was that actually I was having to be kind to myself and say do you know what you deserve this you've you know, I had to sort of say, you, you've trained hard, you know, you've, you've sacrificed quite a lot of your life, um, you're a great person, and, you know, I had to big myself up, and I think, you know, when, especially when there was illness I had for one of the championships, and I had injuries, and it just astounded me how, because I always say we all have that inner voice, don't we, that voice that is always the one that is telling us, yep. you know, that we're not good enough and we can't do that. And the bit that I had to learn was to say that you can do this. Uh, and I had to learn to force feed. And I always remember the psychologist, sports psychologist I worked with, and he just said, the negative thoughts are always going to be there. Um, and he said, every time it comes into your head, you stop them you screw them up in like a piece of paper so you've written them half down you throw them out and you just constantly tell yourself that 
you know, you, you deserve to be here and you've worked hard for this and you're a kind person and, and all those sorts of things. And it took quite a long time to do it, but it astounded me when there was all sorts of things being thrown at you. And, you know, before world championships, I was ill and all these sorts of things. And I could have given up. I could have walked away, all those sorts of things. And I didn't. I kept fighting with that inner voice and I kept pumping in you know, finding confidence from everywhere. I was picking it from the outside, you know, maybe, I know I remember one of my um, competitors hit a hurdle and I used that as a positive for me. So yeah. you have to go out and you have to find those positives to feel you. And then when I won and broke the world record, I was astounded by the power, just the power of the mind and what we are actually capable of. And, and I just sort of say to people, it's about listening to that inner voice and it's almost like another voice mine was always a male voice which was very loud and it was learning to control that voice and not let it take over and that's that's sort of what i had to do in the world of of sport and running and it's it's very much what i do in the world now if i don't feel good about myself or i've got a horrible thing i've got to do or face up to i try and you know not not let that voice take over it takes so it took me ages to get to that point yeah. and it was almost now I look back and I think that you know there has to be that willingness to also isn't there to want to improve your life for the better and like you say you know to improve yeah. everything I guess, I guess you have to and it doesn't happen over time you know quickly and you know the process I had to learn with the running was you know that probably took me four years to learn that um but you know, once you had learned it and you, and it was the ups and the downs and the not giving up and, you know, that whole thing about being kind to yourself and things and come on, just, you know, you can do this, you, you, you know, and, and sometimes it's about, I think how I dealt with it at the time and, and often now is saying, look, you know, you're, you can only ever do your best, yeah. you know, and give yourself half the chance and, you know, uh, and there's people around you. I remember, you know, on those race days of just sort of saying, you know, you can only ever do your best and, you know, your family and your partner is still going to be there and they, you'll pick up the pieces and you move on. And I think that allowed me to get out and to do what I had to do on that day. And it was just by almost taking that pressure off. And I think it was just by, you know, and I'd done a lot of visualisation and I'd done a lot of control in that voice but I still had to rationalise what I was actually doing. And I think sometimes that, that's a, a good sort of tool to be able to do. And we can only ever do the best that we can and not always beat ourselves up all the time. Agreed. And something the best is, is good enough as long as I think you've given your best and you know in yourself that you've given your best. That is enough, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. T totally. But I think it's also of you know, realising all those other things. And, you know, I do a lot in the corporate world about well-being and it's, and it's how it all heads up and you know and again that goes back to sport so it's all those little things which seem so insignificant but they can all add up to making you the best that you can be and that is that looking at all those things around sleep and food and exercise and you know sometimes they seem massive and sometimes they seem small and insignificant but they make such a big thing and it has to be that holistic thing um, and I think things like um, you know, meditation, Pilates and yoga has played a really big part. And, and uh, it did when I was running. And that was sort of like, again, those little things that all added up to make me that person. But again, they're still very much part of my life. And 
Um, and it just allows me to get off that rat race and I don't know, just listen to the birds and, and that sort of thing. And, and again, it's just finding that time for yourself, isn't it? You know, I call that my me time almost. And people call it mindfulness or whatever else. I just call it my me time. And I think it's important to create your, your me time. I keep, um, I bang on a lot about meditation. And to be honest, if you had said this to me like four years ago, I'd have been like, no, nah, I don't need to do any of that. But I've really like channeled myself into doing it and making myself do it every morning. So now it's a habit for me. And we try yeah. and promote it. And it's, it's amazing Brilliant. meditation, I find. It is. And you'll be amazed at how many people do it. You know, when we work in these massive organisations with, you know, the, the top execs and a lot of them, you know, that's how they get through the days. And I think it's, you know, it, it and it doesn't take long. And, um, you know, and you have to, you have, again, you have to teach yourself, but once you're, you're in it and, it and it becomes part of your day and it's and I think that's the way as I say with exercises you've got to make it part of your day it's like part of your diary yeah um, and I think meditation is a little bit of that you know you get up you maybe have your cup of coffee in the morning and then you have five minutes of meditation then maybe you can fit your exercise in after that you know what I mean that's how I do it but it's it's you know you've got to prioritize it into your diary and into your life and then you come back in and work and I just know that that's what works for me. And I think it's about finding what works for different people, but it's about, um, you know, not, you know, often the biggest thing is with exercise because I don't have time. And I think it's about creating that time and you have to make recognizing, that time. recognizing that time. Agreed. Obviously I know you, um, you do a lot in the corporate world, so I'm interested in that. How have you found COVID-19? Um, yeah, ups and downs. Um, you know, I think, like lots of people, it was all a bit um, scary. And uh, we've, you know, and, and some real down days of, gosh, are we ever going to get out of this? And, you know, even now, isn't it? I think, you know, things are opening up, but you still think, is this all going to be taken away from us again each day? Um, I've had to adapt. So a lot of the talks I do are now virtual, which is a bit strange because you're just literally talking to a a green dot with your own <laughs> slides for 45 minutes which is you know it took quite a bit of you know energy you've got to get behind there to deliver and all those sorts of things without your normal standing on stage so that's been interesting but I think it's allowed me to so a lot of the talks I've done now are much more around um, health well-being kindness um, exercise so I've adapted I've changed I've created a lot more content than I probably ever had um and a lot more sort of you know when you're on stage you're sort of very upbeat and but it's much more um yeah it's much more you know just being kind to yourself and to others and that sort of thing really and recognizing the community and and stuff like that so I think it's been great I mean I've you know I've had the boys here and I must admit I've got my husband and three boys and um they've amazed me that they haven't, haven't fallen out <laughs> or anything, which is, which is unbelievable, but we've all gone and got our space at the right time. You know, sometimes you find that I had to go for a walk for an hour on my own and others did, and that's fine. And sometimes it was like, do you know what? I'm just having a bad day. Um, yeah. just let me have a bad day. <laughs> and I had a few of those and I think all of us had a few of those and it was often to do with rainy weather or, you know, just not feeling good. So I think it's, yeah, it's been okay. It hasn't been brilliant, but it's been okay. And I, I really hope that I learn something from this and I hope other people learn. And, and I'm hoping that part of that is about 
you know, looking after yourself and your own well-being and having time to see what, what well-being means for you. Agreed. I mean, I've, I've spoke to a lot of um, people during COVID, mainly on Zoom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and there's yeah, a lot yeah. of people resonate with, you know, being, being mindful of people around you. And actually, yeah. even for myself, I think there's moments before this where I wasn't, I was present, but I wasn't actually present yeah, in the exactly. moments. Yeah. And it's really made me think about things like that especially I've got four girls and a have wife have you wow amazing yeah. um, not sure what's better three boys or four girls <laughs> I don't know they say boys are easier but I wouldn't know, oh, I but, know. Uh, a lot but, um, of male testosterone in this house that's been the hardest thing <laughs> yeah but um I think yeah being actual present in the moments and I think I've learned a lot from that and then like as well you say about community I've seen some yeah, really good community spirit and I genuinely hope that continues I really yeah, hope that we can take I out really do. and just I don't know playing cards and games with the boys which yeah. you've not found time to do and and stuff and you know <clears throat> we went for family walks that we probably never do you know what I mean and then we were all going off for family walks and you know and, and to me it was about seeing the community and how people were helping but also how many people, I mean, I, I did a run club because there were so many people out running, which I don't know about you, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. And you could see they've never run before in their life. They weren't quite sure what to do. And that's why I was like, come on, let's encourage them to sort of get the bug and, yeah. um, you know, and to carry on. But as you know, you know, running means there's so many different things you can do around running and, and people sort of just go out and you know run the same route and then it hurts after a few days and then you stop so it's just giving people programs isn't it and how they can build and uh stick to it and stuff like that and make it a habit isn't it so agreed i give my wife a, i give my wife a program and she just like she shudders at it is like, it? Even if it's so simple she literally shudders at it i'm like but because she always says about we're diverse now but she always says about she wants to get quicker so she goes out yeah. and she does her 5Ks, but she's like, I want to be quicker. I'm like, but you can't just do that. Keep yeah. just running the same thing. It, that's, it doesn't work for me, but... No, 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 no. It's about, <laughs> isn't it? Doing little interval sessions and yeah. technical now, aren't we? We better stop. <laughs> <laughs> I love my speed sessions, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever, before we go on, do you ever critique people's running? When you see them, do you ever think like, oh, that, that no. way they're running? No. No, I never would. No. Um, you know, the, the bit I enjoy now is getting people that have never found running. Um, and I've got lots of friends running who had never run before in their life. Um, and it's funny, well, as soon as I finished that competitive side, of, I didn't want to do any of that. I mean, yeah, I've done the London Marathon and stuff like that, but it was just about, I love that mass participation. Yeah. And yes, you get people going, oh my God, I've beaten Sally Gunnell. And <laughs> you've got to, like, to get used to it and, and all those sort of things. But I just... I don't, I'm not, I'm not up against times or anything. I just love, now it's much more, I just go and lose myself from the down with the dog. And I love running with other people and chatting and having a big cake afterwards and stuff like that, really. It's very, very different, but it's, yeah, I just, no, I would never criticise anybody. I just want to encourage them as much as possible. And, and you know, it's, it's quite easy to do, isn't it, running? And it's... Yep. You know, and just the benefits, you know, controlling your weight, your mind, everything. It's just, it's just good for that. So many endorphins, I think, once yeah. you've been out and done it. It's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. What made you transition then from being an elite level athlete into what you do now? What was the process? Well, I didn't for many years. I sort of worked for the BBC and did all that. And then someone just said to me about speaking and just sort of said, well, 
you know, there's not many successful women. People want to know your story, how you got into it, how you, you know, competed at that highest level. And, um, and I was like, oh my God, no, I can never do that. Thought of standing on stage in front of thousands of people. Um, and it was Roger Black actually, just sort of said to me, look, you know, you, you stand in front of 58,000 people in a leotard and run round, surely you can do that. Um, and I just had help from people around me to, and they just said, make sure you've got your story, make sure you do like your sport, you visualize how you're gonna deliver it. Um, you know, you've got your prompts and all that. And I just did a lot of that. Um, and then the first one I ever did was to IBM for 3,000 people. And they built this sort of running track on this stage. I was petrified. Um, but I loved it. And I got a real buzz. And I guess at the end of the day, I just sort of realized that, you know, when you run on the track, you're a performer. You are. And then when you're mm. on stage, you're a bit of a performer. That's, that's the bit you love. So it's just finding things that give you a buzz and you enjoy and I love doing that and helping other people I mean that's yeah you know it's great to think that you know you can influence people's lives in, in a very small way really so yeah it's great amazing how do you find the corporate world then I mean I've, I've spoke to a few people again in that in that arena if you like and there is this openness now to help and there's a, obviously they realize there's a big thing with mental illness do you find that corporations are really you know clinging um, on to this now yeah it's been very slow and um it's it's taken its time and i've been doing this probably for about 10 15 years something like that now um and at the beginning it was a real slog but the last three years um yeah every organization are now having to do something which is absolutely brilliant um some of them still just tick the box and um you know say they're doing it whether it's actually making change is, is different but yeah I think it's we're getting there um, and I think it's taken a little time and I think it's taken time for me to understand the corporate world I think what I you know coming out of the world of sport and then going into that world I tried to be somebody else mm -hmm. for a number of years and really struggled and I think for me it was about just being yourself again and then you know, once I had the confidence of saying, you know, I don't know everything about the corporate world, but, you know, I'm here to help in the things I've learned from running and this, and it, and it helped me really to get those messages across. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the company that uh, I work alongside, you know, within that um, Camwell and ourselves, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to see that organisations are growing uh, yeah. within their programmes and they're running them over, not just sort of, every you know couple of months and running them over a good year or so and uh, being consistent with it which are the programs that really really help and doing a lot of surveys asking what staff uh, want which is really important and putting you know proper programs in of, of what everybody has asked for and what is the real problem so yeah could always be better um, so we'll keep working away but we've got some great people that we work with as well which is really good that sounds great not to, i don't want to be too negative here but why do you think that some are really not you know wake woken up to the idea you know and they're just like like you say tick box i've heard quite a bit of this tick box <laughs> yeah, exercise oh yeah we're covering that send one person on a course and then they've done their thing yeah i mean some of it they say is budget and i think it's about the mindset i think um well-being is very hard to measure Mm. Uh, you know, so many organisations, it's all about you've got to look at the returns and things like that. And I think sometimes well-being is, is hard to measure. 
because it's such a personal thing. Yeah. Uh, but so that's the area that we're having to break down. And I think um, any good program has to be led from the top. Um, and I think it's often if um, the top end of the organisations haven't been affected by mental health or well-being in any sort of way, then they find it tough to uh, let that budget be released, um, you know, in, in, that, in that certain way, really. But um, I think, I think, you know, it, it's now affecting so many people. We're now talking about it. So we're now realising that, you know, what we used to keep it under, um, now that is affecting so many people and the top end of organisations. So they're, they're now getting to that point when they're now talking about it themselves. And I think the more that that happens and organisations like yourself are, are supporting it, um, then it opens up and organisations will realise that they, you know, they don't have to calculate every penny of what this is about. It's, it's, yeah. it's a natural sort of thing that happens and, and how it helps those organisations and just us to, you know, be much more productive. You know, that's what we're trying to do at the end of the day is, is again, you know, going back to, to work in great conditions and being much more productive and, and delivering what's, what is asked and a good quality, isn't it? Without killing ourselves almost. Agreed. I mean, if, if you've got happy staff and a happy workplace, you're going to get retention. Oh, it's all and, of that. You know, yeah. and you, yeah, you're going to get more profitability, if that's what these big yeah. organisations want. I think, want. you know, I think this is really interesting with what, what I'm hoping is, is having with, with COVID is that, you know, we're, we're proving that you can work from home. Yeah. Um, you know, and surely there is something around, yes, we still need offices, but there is that balance. And I think that was a lot of organisations that started getting people back into the office because they weren't sure. But I think what's happened over the last few months, I've spoken to quite a few organisations and they realised that you can, you know, we can, don't have to be flying all over the world for these meetings now. Um, no. We can work three days from home and two days in the office or whatever it may, may be. So, so, yeah, that's, that's what we hope as well will happen. What about your boys and husband at home, Sally? Are they the stereotypical guys or are they quite open with how they feel? Um, gosh, they're, they're all very sporty, which I guess is good. Um, my husband, yeah, he doesn't have that many mates, so he probably doesn't do the chatting thing, but um, he does go out cycling and often say, well, I hope you had a good old chat with your husband, with, um, with Simon and people like that. So that's always good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're, he's probably a, a typical man, gets it all, gets very stressful with, with different things. And I think yeah. it is about finding his outlay, but I think he realises that exercise is that for him as well. Yeah. Um, but I think, he, you know, he struggles with the communication side. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and I think sometimes, you know, I'm always a very, you know, what sport told, taught me is that there's always a way out. And I'm going yeah. to fix things, which sometimes isn't always great in a relationship because you can't fix everything. Sometimes you've just got to listen yeah. to what people. So I've had to sort of learn that sort of side a bit because I'm a real doer. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm like, come on, there's got to be a way out. We can fix it. We've got to do this. And sometimes you've just got to. And he's probably taught me to say, well, come on, let's sit on this for 48 hours we don't have to make any decision just slow it down so <laughs> you're a reactionist sally yeah exactly <laughs> we're, we're a good little you know combo but you know at the same sort of time he he will worry about certain things and won't it won't express it very well so i think that's his 
he's difficult. The boys were still learning. They're so one of them so laid back. <laughs> he's he's great. I can't see him, but they, yeah, they all do sport, and I think that's you know they've learned to be confident through their sport. Yeah, uh, they've learned to lose. They've learned to win. You know all those sorts of things, and I'm and I'm glad they've been able to do that. But. Um, yeah, you know, it's not easy being a parent, as you know, you know, no, you don't know where, I hope I've done the best, but who knows? Yeah, One of my daughters, she's 15 and she's a runner, very, very good runner, actually, better okay. than me, I think. But um, yeah, so she's run now since 10 years old at a club and she's very consistent Lovely. with her training and stuff like that. Lovely. But she's grown into a very um, confident young lady, like very confident. Lovely. And then Brilliant. my one down, who's only a year difference, is not sporty at all. Um, very good with yeah. like computers and stuff like that. But you can see the difference in the confidence. And yes. it just it shows, yeah. like me and my partner, that, yeah, the sport and how good it actually can be. Yeah. Well, I think it pushes you out a little bit, isn't it? Because you have to get, you know, you get left at your club for a couple of hours, isn't it? I think that's where clubs are so important I always encourage yeah. you know, people say what do I do I say you've got to get them into the system you've got to get them to the club which is very difficult obviously at the moment um but then that you know they're just learning aren't they to be out there on their own to yeah. communicate to chat express themselves and when you're doing that through sport as well it's you know it's it's fun isn't it in that sort of respect so but it, you know it's finding all sorts you know my, my my second one really struggled for many years because of who his mum was, you know, and yeah. didn't want to run, didn't hated the pressure, even though he was so talented, but then came to it when he was 15. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and it's really interesting chatting to him now, he's 19, and why he hated it and that pressure and he couldn't deal with it. But I think he's learned now to use it in a sort of positive sort of way, really. So, yeah, who knows? And then the third one is just completely full of confidence, gives it all that. <laughs> <laughs> and um you know i think he'll talk his way into anything really <laughs> where does he get that from i really don't know he's sort of like a combination of both of us i think in that respect but yeah who knows i think it's just being third child just the confidence that comes with it i don't know if you've got anything any um thingy on this on insight it's quite it's an interesting one for me there's um there's quite a high percentage of of children young adults if you like that drop out of athletics mm. Uh, quite young what what i mean uh, we, lily's had coaches in the past that have put her under so much pressure to do six days yeah. at like under yeah, 13s no. and i'm like no that's not happening oh, no way god i think i was at i didn't join a club till i was 12 i think i was just doing two days a week so yeah yeah i think it's um it is pressure mm. um, and there are certain sports that you have to go into from a young age like gymnastics and tennis which is really hard isn't it um, my thing is they should be doing lots of different sports because I think, you know, when I was younger, I used to love my gymnastics. I did multi-events. And I think by doing lots of different sports, you, um, you build different muscles, different skills, which helps you for later on. So I think yeah. by doing, you know, throwing the javelin, doing eye jump, running 800, all those sorts of things really helped me when I specialised in one thing. And I think if you specialise too young in one thing, you, you then end up getting bored, yeah. uh, you end up getting injured and that sort of thing. So I think the more variety, and I always say to me, you know, have your, your football clubs, your running clubs, you know, play cricket, whatever it is, you know, just do as much different. And at some point you do have to specialise, but I didn't specialise till I was about 
I don't know, when, when Bruce, my coach, spotted me at sort of like 14, 15, then I, you know, it got a little bit more serious. But then it was still sort of three or four days a week. So, yeah. But running's very different. You can come to it much later. Um, yeah. And I think it, and it, and I loved it because it wasn't about the training or the pressure. It was about the social and the fun. Yeah. And I think that's the only way to keep them going. That's the key is fun. Their mates. And I used to love going on the coach and the camaraderie and that sort of thing. And I think that's, that's what makes a good training group or club or coach. It just has to be fun. Agreed. I could talk to you all day about athletics, but we won't. <laughs> <laughs> What's your hopes for the future, Sally? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I, I'm always somebody who um, always, you know, through my sport has always said, right, you've got to have your dream goals. You've got to have your aspirations, uh, but you've also got to have your realistic goals and, you know, take each day at a time and how you're going to achieve that and have, you know, targets to be able to achieve your goals. So I'm, I am that, um, but I must admit, I found that quite hard in the last three months to, to look ahead. And I always sort of relate the last three months as when I had injuries and it was about taking each day at a time, uh, setting myself little goals, little targets for the day. So it inspired me and I had that meaning and purpose for those days to get me through. Um, and then I've just started seeing um you know something and I, I'm like, and, I, and I always have to have something to aim at and it doesn't have to be I don't know it doesn't have to be work-wise or anything it's just learning new things or just a little chat I don't have to scare myself but just a little challenge so every year I always would do some sort of charity bike ride or a run or a you know a walk or something so that just had something to learn, to aim for, learning something new. It doesn't have to be, as I say, massive. So I'm just starting to get my head around that now. Yeah. And I think that's still important. And that's, you know, some of those really dark days, it's about sometimes tagging into what the future looks like. And, you know, I've set myself a target at the moment. I want to learn to swim properly. So when the okay. swimming pools are open, I'm going to, you know, I've never, I can swim but I can't do any of that breathing lark. And, you know, and I look at the boys that look amazing. And I'm like, why can't I do that? So, you know, and so I'm still, even now, still challenging myself. It's nothing massive, um, but I think it's still important for us and to, and to look to the future and how important that is. 100%. And on the swimming one, sometimes I feel like I can do it and then I try and then all of a sudden like, I'm gasping for air. That's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> I know, um, and it goes like this, and then John just says, you haven't got your breathing right, and he tries to teach me, and it's, uh, it's rubbish, can't listen to him, um, so I'm going to get proper lessons and do that, so that's, yeah, that's where I'm going. That's <laughs> good. For anyone, I'm going to give you the, the last word, if you like, Sally, but I think for anyone that's really struggling out there, um, they may perhaps not see a way out at times, what would be your advice for them? Um, I would, I would say, um, don't be scared to ask for help. I think, you know, uh, I could never have done what I did in the running world and in my life now without getting help and support around me. I think sometimes we always feel like we're on our own and we've got to do it and I might do it better this way, but I, I couldn't do that with my running. I tried that for many years. So I learned that I need help. I need great people around me I need positive people around me um, and also I think 
yeah, try exercise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, there's something that happens and with the natural endorphins. And I think it's turned so many people's lives around. And I just challenge people to find something that they've, they've loved in the past or they could get into. It doesn't have to be, you know, physically challenging in any way. It might just be a walk, but a fast walk or whatever it is. But just try it and and see what happens and stick with it and uh let's you know find those natural endorphins that it produces and yeah let's get out there let's do it brilliant love that sally sally thank you so much we genuinely are very privileged to have you take your time out to sit and talk with us and uh, it, people so will much. love the podcast yeah appreciate you thank you brilliant. well thank you for doing what you do as well and uh, everybody just look out yourself after yourselves and stay positive so Thank you very much. Thank you. You're listening to the Mentalk Podcast. Want to feature on a future show? Then get in touch with the team at info at mentalk.online.